Hello and welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host Samuel Davies. In this episode I speak with digital expert Zoe Ammer, founder and director of Zoe Ammer Digital, about managing risk with digital. Zoe is also chair of the Charity Digital Code of Practice, trustee at Charity Digital Trust, co-author of the Charity Digital Skills Report and co-founder of the Social CEOs Awards. Zoe has a wealth of knowledge about digital and how charities can go about developing their digital strategy, the common mistakes that charities make, examples of the success stories and inspiring actors in the charity digital space too, and we talk about all of these things. Many of us may already be using digital tools and platforms to support the communications, fundraising and governance of our charities, but there's a lot here to inspire more effective use of digital, as well as ideas for how to better deliver in a strategic way for the causes that we love. This episode is brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Charity People. So without further ado, here is Zoe Emma speaking to me about digital. I'm delighted to be joined today by Zoe Ammer, founder and director of Zoe Ammer Digital. Welcome, Zoe. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. And we we find ourselves in uh, it's uh, towards the end of October 2020. How have you been faring during the? Uh, we're still in the middle of. Well, we don't know if it's the middle, but we're still in the pandemic. How have you been over the last few months? Uh, well, we've been um, uh, relatively speaking very, 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 very fortunate. Uh, we've been exceptionally busy during this time, I suppose, because the the sector's been gearing up to having to do more with digital, having to think more uh, strategically in in some ways about what you're going to do and what you're you're not going to do. Uh, so, absolutely, it's it's been pretty hectic, to be honest, and I'm very grateful for the um, amount of work that that we've got on and doing some really interesting stuff with some amazing organisations so we're, we're very lucky. And and so maybe if we can start by talking about you and what's what's your background and, and what generally fills your working day at the moment? Oh well that's um, there's quite a lot to, to say about back because <laughs> because um, of uh, you know my career goes back a while now um, but to give you the the, the potted history uh, I've been in the sector since 2008 uh, so previous to working in the sector I actually used to be a lawyer uh, specializing in commercial and, and residential property uh, but I'd always done quite a lot of pro bono work and in particular doing quite a lot of volunteering for charities uh, in the in the years when I was uh, in, in my legal career and I just got to a point where uh, I knew it was something I wanted to pursue so I quit my job uh, and I went and talked to an amazing organization called Reach Volunteering who paired uh, skilled volunteers with charities and I ended up at a charity where they advised, they then advised uh, lots of other charities and also government bodies across the UK about how they were using technology. And then after I'd been there for a few weeks, they offered me a job there as their head of marketing. And I was there for, for five years. And following that, um, around the time that I had my my second child, I had been thinking about setting up my own um 
organization for a while and lo Zoeyama Digital was born um, and from then we've just gone on to be really really busy and that's obviously my day job uh, but I'm also uh, very lucky to be a chair of the charity digital code of practice which is a framework for charities to help them use digital to increase their skills, to be more sustainable and to increase their impact. Uh, I'm also a trustee at Charity Digital Trust and the co-author of the Charity Digital Skills Report, an annual barometer of where the sector's at with digital that we run every year. And I'm the co-founder of the Social CEOs Awards. Uh, and actually, we've just been doing the Social CEOs uh, judging session this morning. So um, I can't say anything about the winners, but uh, right in the thick of that as well. So plenty on to keep me, me busy every every day. So what is the Social CEO Awards and, and how do you go about selecting who to uh, award? So that's been going for, this is our eighth year and Matt Collins from Platypus Digital and I initially set it up back in 2013 as a way to recognise leaders in particular, CEOs in the charity sector who have a, a good uh, presence on social media. And it was very much at the, the sort of dawn of digital leadership, I, I, I suppose, around that time. That was certainly an early kind of indication of, of it. The fact that you might have a, uh, you know, presence, dedicated presence for, for you as a leader and then gradually over the years it's branched out into looking at uh, leaders who are making making really big exciting changes in their organization so they might be leading digital transformation they might have run a fantastic campaign they might be um, doing fantastic things with digital fundraising and we also have other awards for you know additional categories so people who may not be CEOs now but they might be um, up and coming leaders or rising stars and also trustees as, as well who are making making a difference through social media but also the wider digital sphere within their organization and yeah it's 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 been really good and for example Polly Neat of Shelter won the um, top award last year which was was really exciting. socially distant world that we're currently living in uh, and of course you and I are speaking uh, virtually um, as most of us are now doing on a daily basis it seems that more charities are embracing digital having to embrace digital and why, why would you say having a digital strategy is so important um, and what are the first steps charity should take to form one? It's a great question and it's one that I get asked a lot um, and I think that unless you know where you're going how will you know when you've got there and a strategy is is really the answer to that so a strategy for me is is deciding where you're going to go with digital how that's going to support your vision and mission as a charity and also what you're not going to do and I think that is a really important question to ask particularly at a time when everyone's working with much more limited resources so a strategy is is really a framework that's going to guide your decision making give you an idea of, of where you're going to go with digital um, what you need to do to get there and and most critically it should it should focus minds on what's going to make the the biggest difference even the term strategy seems to be uh, understood in different ways doesn't it I know that um, <clears throat> excuse me I've read a 
an article, our, our platinum sponsors, Charity People, and they published a, a blog article from an anonymous CEO uh, some time ago who was talking about um, digital and the, the misuse of the term digital and that, that some charities might have an understanding of digital being, you know, we now have social media channels that we're using, while other charities might have a much kind of grander or comprehensive idea of digital. And, and you, you talk about the, um, you mentioned there that uh, understanding what it is you don't, won't do. I suppose there are so many options, aren't there, for charities when they're thinking about kind of digital platforms and, and ways of using digital to engage with supporters and, and beneficiaries. I think that's absolutely right. And and I think every organisation needs to agree a definition of digital, uh, because otherwise you, you'll just be talking across purposes. So if you're, say, a smaller organisation, it might be that you focus on social, but obviously you also need to be thinking about the wider implications for your, your infrastructure as, as, as well, you know, whether that's your devices whether that's your internet connection things it can be as fundamental as that so I absolutely don't think digital should be synonymous with with social media I also think organizations need to agree what it means to them we do have a definition in the digital code of practice which is basically the the co-ops definition and it's very much about um applying the the culture and the you know the the ways of of, of learning and behavior changes that we're seeing from the the people that we support uh, to how we operate as as organizations it's taking that very user-centered approach but I would always advise organisations to have that conversation internally about what does this mean to us? Talking internally, I, I suppose, does that extend to organisations talking with obviously trustees and, and staff and volunteers, but also um, supporters and, and maybe beneficiaries of the charity as well? Yeah, you, you can do. Um, absolutely. I mean, actually, there were a, a few suggestions that I was going to make about uh, the, the first steps in developing a strategy. I'd always say that the cornerstone of anything that you do in, in digital uh, should begin with talking to the people that you support. Even doing five really simple interviews with people in your target audience, those key people that you need to speak to, will give you some insights and help you understand how they're using digital and get some feedback on their views on how your organisation is using digital as well and where the gaps are and where else these people go to, to get their information. Uh, I, I think it's also really important to um, understand um, how everything you're doing in digital is performing. So whether that's looking at your own channels uh, and seeing what the data is telling you about the engagement, uh, whether that's understanding how your digital services are going, you know, what are people saying about them? How many people are, are using them? Um, uh, where there might be any, any gaps. So that might be a bit of a conversation with uh, the people who deliver the services as much as the people who are, are using them. But you'll need to look at the data and the insights as, as, as well. And then comparing yourself to your competitors, uh, as it were, so thinking about other places. They could be other charities, they might just be other organisations or even movements or networks where the people that your charity supports goes to, to get advice and information and, and help and maybe even to be part of, of other communities. 
And then I, I think it's really key because at that point, you'll be starting to think about all the things that you can do using digital. You're going to have to prioritize and you're probably going to have to use your uh, organizational strategy as a bit of a as a bit of a steer there. Um, so if you come up with something which feels like it's not particularly going to help you achieve the organizational strategy, I'd be inclined to put that to, to one side. Um, you will need a North Star in all of this. So what is the ultimate thing that you want to achieve with digital? What's your kind of vision? And how is that linked to your charitable purpose? I maintain that a lot of the answers to the key things you need to do in digital are actually going to be in your governing documents. Now, many of those won't name digital specifically, but there will be some some kind of parameters in there for what you are trying to achieve as an organization and I would argue that you would need to use those for digital as well uh, and then finally think about how you're going to deliver all of this I think it's absolutely vital to understand the skills that you have in in the building um or the you know or, or at the end of <laughs> whatever um, system you're using to, to connect everyone well presumably many of you are not going to be there in real life so um you, that you might want to do some kind of digital skills audit potentially I think it's really important to understand where have we got good skills uh, and where do we have gaps and how are we going to close those gaps because charities are so dependent on their people that it's no point developing a strategy if you then don't have um, the, the, the people who can actually implement it. In terms of the mistakes, I, I guess it's, it's a bit of a negative in a way, but maybe um, the listeners can understand more around what not to do. Have you, you've seen presumably charities making mistakes with how they've embraced digital. Um, are you able to talk a little bit about, about that? Of course, yeah, really happy to. And, and I do want to say generally about mistakes in digital that even some of the organizations I'm sure we'll be talking about later who are doing this stuff really well everyone has made a mistake at some point and actually if you use that as an opportunity to learn from um to to, to learn from failure then then it's 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 not you know ultimately a a, a, a wasted opportunity um but in terms of the mistakes that I've seen in in, in digital, and I'm sure I've I've, I've done this my, myself uh, sometimes too, uh, is that I do see a lot of organisations, and I think maybe we do this um, a lot in the charity sector as well. Everyone's so passionate about what they're doing. Uh, sometimes organisations try to do too much. And particularly given that we're at a point now where we no one has an infinite amount of resources, you've got to be really ruthless about what you're going to do, but also when you're going to cut something loose when it's it's not working. So I think the thing that I see happening there quite a lot is the great digital idea, which is a bit of a passion project for someone it's not getting a lot of engagement it's not achieving a lot of results and it hangs around for far too long because people have started to become a little bit over emotionally invested in it now I'm not saying being passionate about something is wrong I'm just saying you perhaps you need some clear criteria for failure in the same way that you would for success and if we think of an organization like Macmillan who were one of the pioneers of digital fundraising in the sector 
what I think they did brilliantly when they were getting that up and running was to have lots and lots of ideas and campaigns and products that they're out there piloting but they were always really clear on when they were going to pull the plug they can say this one's not working we have to stop working on it and move on to the other projects which have got potential so I think that's one thing making sure that you you don't try to do everything and making sure you say no when something definitely isn't working um I guess another thing that I've seen during the pandemic, and this is not a mistake per se, but it's certainly a pitfall, is not having time to reflect and learn together. So I think one of the the big issues that I've seen during the pandemic, and absolutely myself and my team have been in this situation too, is everyone is working at such a pace. Um, I imagine that you, like like me, Sam, it's it's like back-to-back Zooms all day. It's not nonstop I think everyone's working everyone is set to work really hard anyway but I feel like everyone is working five times harder than, than they did and and ultimately I don't think that's going to be sustainable in in the long term um, and what we need to do is to make sure we are giving ourselves and our teams time together to really review what we've done um, so we do a lot of retrospectives uh, with charities which is it sounds like a fancy term but it's really a session where you as a facilitator will go in and help people look at and um, what's going well for them uh, what could be improved and then what the tangible next steps are and it's such a great way to get people just to take a step back and you can run it in-house you don't need the budget to bring in a, a consultant um, there's loads and loads of advice out there you can just google the term retrospective how to do it um, you can bring the whole team together and it's so important to have that white space where everyone takes a moment out of their frantic day-to-day and says what have we really learned over the next few months last few months and what does that mean for where we need to go from here Um, So I think that is important, having that reflection time. Um, Other things which I think need to be um, improved is is not the most exciting topic, but it's absolutely fundamental, is uh, not having a really clear plan for investment. So I guess this goes back to the the point about not having a strategy, because without a strategy, you're probably unlikely to have a a roadmap. so I, I think that nothing really beats having that overall clear idea of where you're going, how you're going to get there, but also how are we going to implement this? So how much are we going to spend? What's the budget? What are the milestones? Who's owning these different projects? What are the accountabilities? And actually, I think that governance, as it were, and that planning is important, just as important as large organisations and as small ones. Um and then having that ongoing monitoring of how are we spending this stuff, um, how's this all allocated to the plan and making sure everything's being done according to the way they said it was going to do and, and also that the, the budget's being invested properly. So that's not terribly exciting, um, but I think it's it's so important because I think we've all seen tech projects that have drifted and they've been out of scope. They end up going over budget and then ultimately they can end up being a bit of a disaster. And I guess, as you say, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the charities, a lot of, I know a lot of our listeners are 
listening uh, maybe they work or volunteer for very small charities so I suppose the um, the purse strings are, are very very tight at the moment and uh, I, it's interesting you, you mentioned um, kind of your entry into the charity sector was helped by reach volunteering and I know we've we've spoken with reach volunteering in the past and do you think that you know are there volunteers out there who may have skills that they can lend to um, smaller charities especially when they're looking at developing a digital strategy? Oh absolutely and and I think you've got to go out there and, and look for them so if you haven't got the the budget to invest in say a, a digital team and as a small charity it's very unlikely you would um but you can go out there and find really really good skilled people particularly given that we're at a time when people are losing jobs or they may be on furlough or they may well have a bit of spare capacity to work on a, a really exciting voluntary project so I would go to reach volunteering um you might also want to go to your local university and they may well have people who've just graduated who are on their their books who are looking for um a job uh, but who'd be happy to spend some some time volunteering with a charity you could try your local chamber of commerce as as well there may be people who want to do a volunteering project in their their spare time um so that absolutely there's lots of routes to finding really good volunteers definitely we mentioned earlier you know there are there are mistakes that charities make and learning fast, failing fast, I suppose, is, is the tip there. And uh, to learn from those mistakes. But what about the charities that you're most in awe of? I mean, you know, you, you must come across a lot of charities that you think you mentioned Macmillan. You're really impressed with their digital kind of space and, and uh, products. Absolutely. I think that we've got some fantastic examples down the, the charity sector of uh, charities, large and small, who are doing great things with digital. Uh, and I've got a, a, a few examples I'd be happy to, to share with you. There are more charities I could talk about, but I've just kept it to a few. I think that uh, Diabetes UK probably don't get the kudos that they deserve for absolutely pioneering use of digital in the sector. They've done so much groundbreaking stuff over the years. Um, and what I think is really impressive about them, in fact, I was having a look at their um, website and some of the other stuff they're doing and digitally earlier today and it absolutely feels like a community that is 100% built around its users that's the thing I think they get absolutely right they completely nail it and I do know their um, head of digital Saito I think again really hides his light under a bushel side I'm really sorry if you're you're listening to this but I think you're really good at what what you do um, and I know that the fundamental thing he's always said to me is, is what was a real step change for them at Diabetes UK uh, was developing that sense of ownership for different digital initiatives across the organisation, which I guess comes back to that point about accountability. So it's that focus on users and that ownership that has, has really helped them do some fantastic stuff with, with digital, including some of their digital service delivery as, as well. Um, so the second charity who I think are really good at this stuff and speaking uh, of small charities and volunteering as we were earlier uh, is a brilliant charity called Datakind UK and they themselves are not huge 
offer effectively what they do uh, is they bring together charities of, of all sizes um, with skilled volunteers so they've got lots of data scientists and analysts on their books quite often from big companies and if you're a charity um, whatever stage you're at with digital even if you're just thinking I think we could do more with our data or do we need to gather more data you could go to them uh, and they would help you work on that uh, so they are absolutely brilliant I am a, a big big fan of their work and again I don't think they get enough airtime in the sector which is why I'm mentioning them a um, couple more who I'll just mention briefly uh, I have tons of admiration for Parkinson's UK and the pioneering work of, of, of Julie Dodd uh, who I think has has done fantastic things there and of course was doing brilliant things there before you know really again helping her organization focus so much on its users how they develop their suite of products and services to better meet the needs of those users and understand those user needs better you know so having that fantastic feedback loop of learning and testing and, and improving um and ultimately making sure that everything you do is, is about your the community you serve and then a final one who I think is just absolutely great is there's a small charity um, based off in Manchester called Talk, Listen, Change. And they've got a brilliant CEO called Michelle Hill um, and they're really driving digital forward uh, by making it part of their, their governance. Um, so they've got um, a really good strategic plan. They're doing some really exciting pioneering work with digital um, and they've just got, they've really thought through how to troubleshoot any challenges that they're facing um, but also to make sure that they're maintaining that momentum and that ambition with digital as well and again it comes down to that not terribly exciting but incredibly essential thing of everyone realizing what they're ultimately working towards um, and who's doing who's doing what and when so a great example of a small charity that's really moving forward with digital these are these are brilliant examples Zoe thank you and, and I suppose is an eclectic mix, which seems to suggest that any charity within reason can can do something and get into that digital space and engage. And also, I suppose, does it does it mean that it, does digital have something of a non-digital, which is that you can learn more about your audience in real time? That's absolutely right. I mean, um, what I would say to that is, firstly, I'm a great believer that anyone um, of any size can move something forward with digital uh, and there's so many great free tools out there now I know that being time poor is a challenge for a lot of organizations particularly the smaller ones um, but I remember a great piece of advice that I heard a few years ago was just to pick one thing even if it's a small thing in digital um, and really go for it and move that forward it could even be if you're a tiny tiny charity just developing an email newsletter and looking at the data and learning from the results and making the next one better. Um, so pick a project is, is what I'd say to that. Uh, and then also, as you were saying, absolutely. I think if you're doing digital well, then it's got massive knock-on strategic benefits for the rest of the organisation because effectively you will be talking to your users constantly, gathering really useful insights and data about where they're at. Um, and then that should be fed into what you're delivering operationally but also strategically so I think doing digital well doesn't just mean that you make digital better it means that you ultimately fulfill your charitable purpose better so 
we've got five tips to, to share with you. I think we've touched on some already, but um, to, to do a bit of a, a, a recap on some, and there's a couple of others I'd suggest as well. Um, the first thing is definitely give yourself some time together as a team to learn and to reflect. Um, you could do the retro exercise that I talked about earlier. Um, equally, even if you could just create 10 minutes in a, a weekly team meeting just to talk about, well, how has the last week been for you? You know, what's the most important thing you've learned over the last week? Uh, then that immediately puts people into a bit of a different headspace where they're not just head down on Zoom constantly, but they're, you know, they're looking up and out and they're thinking a bit more about where they're going, and where the organisation is going. Um, linked to that point giving yourself some time to plan for the the, the future uh so making sure that again you're re returning to your strategy and obviously there's lots of resources out there now to, to to help you do that i know charity digital trusts for example um have got some some great training running on that at the moment um third thing i'd always recommend is what is going to guide the decisions that you make in digital? You know, what are the, the principles you have there? And it could just be as simple as we're only going to do this thing in digital if it saves us money uh, or it generates much needed fundraising uh, or it's going to give a better experience for our donors and other supporters. So I think through, you know, what is the criteria that we're going to look at to help make us make more effective decisions. I, th I think that is going to save a lot of time and money in the long run. Um, speaking about giving people that time to reflect, um, one thing I do worry about quite a lot in this section at the moment is burnout. As we were saying earlier, everyone's working at breakneck speed. Um, how can you make sure people don't get to that point where they are absolutely exhausted and have to take time off to recover what can you do as a leader as a manager to make sure that people are getting some time to rest that they don't feel they have to be on zoom back to back necessarily perhaps there are some some, some parameters you can suggest so that they uh, have some time to, to recharge uh, and then the final thing I'd say um, to make sure that they're taking the strain at board level on digital is, is to get a digital trustee and you can go to reach volunteering about that and, and lots of the other places that I mentioned having that um person at board level who can make those informed decisions who can really ensure that digital is is part of your strategy and is part of your governance uh, will stand your charity in really good stead zoe emma thank you so much for contributing to charity chat uh, you're very welcome. Uh, and if I can just mention one final thing, uh, if you've got any burning questions about digital, I would suggest looking at the Charity Digital Code of Practice, which can be found at charitydigitalcode.org. Big thank you to Zoe Emma there. So he talks about charities taking time to review what they've done and having time together to have retrospectives to understand what is going well, what can be improved and the tangible next steps. We talked briefly about prototyping and failing fast um, to, uh, well, in order to see what works for your charity and your audience and doing so as effectively as possible. One of the greatest challenges for this is having some space 
to take a moment out of that frantic day-to-day and having vital reflection time in the current situation that many of us find ourselves in, where so many of us are time poor, this might be one of the biggest challenges we face. But it's worth finding the time, and as my grandmother always said, a stitch in time saves nine. Zoe talks about the need for strategies to help navigate the roadmap of where you're going and how you're going to get there, and including digital in your strategy and finding how best to marry these two things up is absolutely vital. So we gave some great examples of charities using digital in effective ways and there's something for everyone here no matter what size your organisation. In conclusion, Zoe's point about choosing one thing and doing it as well as you can, perhaps this will help your organisation to see the value of investing time, effort and funds into digital and then you can develop it further. For other ideas and views on digital, do check out our episode 107 with Lizzie Zipser. Um, Just left for me to thank Zoe Ammer again for contributing. We hope this will be one of uh, many occasions that we talk with her. I think we could pick her brain for hours about all of her knowledge and expertise in digital and other things. Um, So thank you, dear listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors, our platinum sponsor, Charity People, for enabling us to share insights, expertise and best practice across our sector. Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit, for our beautiful website design. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, Forest of Fools, who have been playing throughout the show and are playing us out right now. That's it from me. Keep doing what you can. Take care. Bye-bye.